1: You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Klim. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Klim, alongside my sidekick, Mr. Kevin Langley. Savannah will be joining us in about 10-15 uh, minutes for the six-pack and uh, last call and all, all the other fun in our show today. But first off, Kev, we had great baseball games last night. Well, one of them was great. Um St. Louis Cardinals scored 10 runs in the first inning in game five against the Atlanta Braves and basically, what, uh, what was the final score, 13-1 was the final score? Uh, sounds right. Yeah, 13-1. Um, ouch. I really feel bad for any Cardinals player that was involved in that. That just sounds awful to me. Uh, you feel bad for the Cardinals players for winning 13 to one? No, no, not brave. Sorry. My brain, I'm having like a brain fart right now. Um, right now the Astros are on the top of the first against the, uh, Rays, by the way, who do you got in that game for before we go any farther?
0: Uh, I think I got the Astros. They're too good. Also, they're my only hope of the
1: Yankees not making the playoffs. So. You mean making the World Series? Making the World Series, sorry. Uh, I have the Astros, but for some reason, the, like, I don't know what it is with the playoffs this year. The Rays are terrifying me. Um, The only team, like, the Yankees were the only team that just completely stomped who they played. And basically— like, Oh, so it was the Twins, though. So Yankees
0: fans need to calm down.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I kind of am rooting for the Yankees a little bit. Because I, I when the Yankees win, it's kind of fun because New York's kind of like a blast. It is not fun when the Yankees win. You're in Boston. You're you you basically ha- just just stop, Kevin. Just stop. Ooh, uh, Ast- Astros got to run a, a, a player on base. No, uh, raised it anyway. Um, How would you react if Yankees- the Dodgers won? Oh my god, if the Do- yeah, but the Dodgers are different though. Yeah, you Dodgers- right. That rivalry's not as bad. No, but the Dodgers, when they, when the Dodgers have won, and the half their roster is acquired via just lucrative, like, like free agency. They're doing what the Yankees used to do. And the fact is they keep choking it away every postseason. And the reason I'm only talking about the Cardinals Braves for a second is I'm rooting for the Cardinals. If they win the World Series, they'll be happy because then Goldie gets his ring. He'll be a free agent next year anyway, but, um, I'm also excited because um, there's like five Diamondbacks in the Nationals as well. Uh, So this game was crazy. So if you did not watch, um, I think it was Bueller started the game, and he was lights out. Uh, They took him out. They put um, Kershaw in. Kershaw was great until the eighth inning. And then back-to-back home runs from Rendon and Soto tied the game up. So we're going to extras. Now, the thing to me is – and they brought this up. I was listening to her this morning or no her? Or was it culture? It was culture. It was uh, out to keep the coverage. One of the other shows I listened to. And basically they're talking about how it kind of just shows how little faith uh, Dave Roberts has in Kenley Jansen. And I'm like, yeah, the guy blew a lot of saves towards the end of the year. It makes sense. But the one pitcher I want to avoid in the postseason in clutch moments is Clayton Kershaw and boom. um, And in the, I think it was the tenth inning. He uh, left Joe Kelly on. Have your one of your boys from Boston. Uh, nice little grand slam from Howie Kendrick, who I think has made three errors in this series or, series and basically was worthless. And man, National stuck with him, and they are going to the NLCS. Um, I love the fact that the Dodgers losses. You all know Diamondbacks fans, so I despise the Dodgers with every inch of my being. But apart from that, there's like there were like eight there's you know also like eight ex Diamondback players who I all love on that Washington roster, and also it's kind of cool to see a team with no real superstar make it past a team loaded with superstars, if that makes sense. But yeah, so it's going to be Cardinals Nationals in the NLCS. Um, I have the Cardinals and I have the Cardinals in seven, but. I mean, six, but I could see the Nationals pulling some crazy stuff because they feel like they are, like... Every year, Kev, you ever notice there's always that one team of destiny on one side? Yep. Even if they don't make it to the World Series, it's just, like, it's just we Like, they don't win the World Series. It's just, like, weird. I feel like the Nationals are this year's team of destiny because, like, they should have gotten stomped by the Dodgers. And they've just kept... It's either Dodgers or the Rays are that team. Because we had with the Red Sox last year... 2 years ago it was um uh, whoever the national whoever it was the uh, whoever the hell the uh, Dodgers stomped in the NLCS uh two, 3 4 5 years ago it was the uh no then before that it was the uh, Cubs then before that it was the Mets there's always that one team every year
0: so I think it was also
1: the Royals that year No it was the Royals the year before that when they lost to uh what's his face they lost to Bumgarner No I mean
0: the well, um the Royals have no business winning a World Series in a small market like that's
1: that. Pretty loaded though.
0: Yeah, but still, like I feel like a small market team you're gonna call a team of destiny just because not you, but just because it's a small market and they somehow make a run. Fair enough. The problem uh, is the small market after they make that run, everyone leaves from better contracts.
1: Yeah, and then becomes irrelevant because. The magic's gone. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited because we're gonna have um, what it looks like. I think it's gonna be um, it's gonna be, I my World Series pick is still uh, St. Louis first versus um, it was originally St. Louis versus uh the Yankees, no St. Louis Astros, St. Louis Astros, and then um, I don't know. Uh, this is playoffs has been weird because like a lot of these teams I didn't really pay attention to that much except for like Houston and Atlanta, so it's kind of weird, but um. Also oh, shout
0: out Washington for losing their quote unquote best player oh, yeah. a thirteen year thirteen year three hundred and thirty million dollar contract and then the Phillies
1: didn't even make the playoffs. And fired their manager this morning. By the way, Gabe Kapler has been fired as the Phillies manager. Mark is, is pro- Mark's probably doing backflips down Broad Street right now, so Yeah. Which I'd pay to see. Um Moving on, though, Kev, we're going to the association. Um, last week, guy, uh, earlier in the week, I think it was earlier in the week, right, we talked about Daryl Morey's tweet about yep. uh, China. Um, so I came out and said, you know what, I, I get why people are pissed. I'm totally for him expressing his right and to protest and everything. And, you know, we talked about how he was just, like, putting up with all the pictures and stuff. And Kevin… Uh, I'll let you take the lead because you've kind of been looking into this a little more than I have because I didn't even know about this, that it blew up so bad. And this is partially because of the national media. But basically, I was listening to a podcast on the way home, and I'm like, wait, what happened in China? What the hell is going on? I had to do some research. But, Kev, take it away.
0: So, like we mentioned on Monday, China's pissed. The Chinese people are pissed. Yao Ming is pissed. Everyone's pissed. Since then, China, because their government is a dictatorship – and it's communist, controls the media. So Rockets games are not being shown on TV. Um, If you look on China's NBA shop, no, you can't find any Rockets gear. All 11 partners to the NBA in China have cut ties. And it's even affecting politics stateside. Because Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, and Steph Curry, I know those three off the top of my head, were asked about it on what they thought and they just basically kind of tiptoed around it said oh it's a delicate issue i don't know enough about the situation in china and hong kong to make comment blah blah, blah.
1: so trump and i think you said clay travis jared yeah one of the guy uh fox sports one broadcaster not conservative leaning, but very like moderate to conservative he's kind of he's just a ex-lawyer so he's a little uh snobby in his opinion sometimes i do love listening to his show though because i got a different perspective by the way check it out i'll kick the coverages in the mornings usually i highly recommend it if you want to do to a good podcast but yeah clay travis basically and don the donnie diesel open fire on uh, the nba guys and and i have
0: strong feelings on that because those three guys have been very uh curry popovich and Kerr i have been very critical of President Trump and his presidency and the White House right now and everything that's going on in America. And according to Trump now, they hate America because they won't comment on China. And I want to know what the hell Trump is talking about. As much as, as much as he wants to be, he can't control the media. He can't tell TV stations, hey, you can't show Rockets games or, hey, you can't show Warriors games. China can the reason why those three are not talking shit about the situation in China is because that will then negatively impact the NBA, their teams individually, NBA revenue, everything. So, no, they don't hate America. They're just making smart business decisions, something that Daryl Morey didn't do, as much as I agree with what he said. you If you're in charge of a billion dollar – or not in charge, but if you're a part of a billion dollar industry and you say stuff like that, there's going to be repercussions, and Trump needs to realize that, and that's why they're not saying anything.
1: Uh, I, you know what, this was so weird about this issue because you know I, as you guys know, my political stance is very simple. I really could give a crap about anything else except it doesn't affect my, my family, my friends, and my financial life. It's technically, why I lean moderate to libertarian instead of conservative or republic or uh, liberal, but basically. I looked at the story and is I, I really hate when Trump talks sports I really do but I you know what I I tried to avoid I I get what he's saying about because you know all those guys including you know also LeBron James just took shots at him all the time and he maybe took it a step too far in what he said but the, my biggest issue with this whole thing is that the NBA was so gung ho about pulling the All Star game from Charlotte when they passed that whole anti transgender law. A couple years ago, and you know ESPN and all the media were about it, and you know calling them gladiators and calling them great, and they were comparing them to some great civil rights movements. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. I I was completely for the NBA pulling this because you know what? I hate when like like states do statewide stuff to ban uh, a certain type of people, even if it's a, a newer kind of addition to the, I guess sexual uh sexual orientation of people or preference what do you how do you even pronounce what counts to that kevin it's not technically
0: sexual orientation it's gender identity i think gender identity.
1: sorry i'm trying to understand i'm trying to like you but you know i say like yeah I, no. I, I was i was before the nba doing that i don't think it was like the level of like the sit-ins in the south in the 60s which is what some media people called it but anyway what drives me crazy is that Yes, this is wrong and I understand why business-wise why they sh- in their idea they should have backed out. But at the end of the day, what pisses me off is that they're all gung-ho about you know taking shots at our America pocks up here, but the second it comes to their money, they shut up and they zip their lips. And it's it's a weird situation. That's my that's my opinion personally. I understand why they're shutting up. But it's a horrible look for the NBA, and I'm actually the most mad at the media. Like I reiterate again, is because I had to dig to political websites, which I hate going on to find this stuff. I went to Bleacher Report, ESPN. I think Fox Sports one barely even had it, and I was frustrated that I had to go to CNN to find this stuff. And even CNN gave me a very good insight into this whole timeline. I sent it to Kevin as well. And before we move on to talking football and a more positive note, I just like the unfortunately sports and politics mix. Uh, if you want to talk, uh, you know, I'm going to bring up something that's kind of sports related later about a certain talk show host that may and it, and it was a good story that got a little ugly on Twitter because you know Twitter just lives to ruin my day. But basically, I um I don't know, I just. Sometimes I think people lose sight of what sports is about. Sports is about uniting people, enjoying it. It's about passion. It's about love. It's about, like, you know, when I go to a, an away game, my Eagles are the away team, or I go to, like, you know, a Mets game, and they're playing the Diamondbacks. I see six Diamondback fans. I don't know who the hell you are, where you come from, what your political affiliation is, but if I see you're wearing donor Red or Purple or Teal, I'm, like, going to go say hi to you and give you a high five. Or if I'm at, you know... I was supposed to go to the Pit Miami game, but I had to cancel at the last minute due to some uh, things I got to take care of, you know, back at home on that on that date. Basically, if I saw some green and orange in a sea of blue and per- blue and yellow, I would have been excited as hell. But that's what sports does. Sports unites us, even like rival teams. Like, you know, I go into a party surrounded by Patriots fans during a Super Bowl party and my Eagles win, but everyone's congratulating me, thanking, and saying, good job, happy for you guys, congrats on your first Super Bowl. Even, like, Giants fans or Bears fans or whatever. So, this is why I kind of get – I get a little pet ticked off when people, like, get divided over this kind of stuff, and I try to – it, it kind of grinds my gears a little more when politics enters sports. But um, I understand why. It's unavoidable. But – now we welcome in our other co-host as she joins us for the six pack. Savannah, how you doing? Good, thanks. Now that me and Kevin got our ang- uh, our uh, our angst and anger out, well, at least half of mine. I got one more bolt left in the chamber. Um, we're talking. <laughs> we don't have six-pack. enough time for
0: me to get all my angst out.
1: first Oh off. yeah, no, we we'd be here. It'd be, it'd be a eight eight be a thirty six hour therapy session. Um. <laughs> So Savannah, the six pack today for uh, the college games are Texas Oklahoma and LSU Florida. We also are featuring a couple other NFL games as well. But first off, we're going to talk the uh, game of the week for Belly Up Sports. It is Red River Shootout exactly. Let's I am go. so excited for this game. Like I am going to probably nursing a hangover or come back from a football uh flag football game. Either way, I am ecstatic for this. I love watching this game. I want to see how Texas stands up against, you know, Oklahoma. And if Oklahoma is really as good as everyone's saying they are, uh, it's really the first test for Oklahoma. So I'm, ex- I'm, I'm really excited for this. Kev, what do you, what do you got? I got Oklahoma in a landslide.
0: Really? Not a Jaylen landslide. Jalen Hurts bias right there. No, a little, but I have Oklahoma forty-five to twenty-one. righty. Uh, Not a landslide,
1: uh, but, hey, two touchdowns. All right, as we crack this six-pack. There you go. Um, I got – it's going to be close. I'm calling Oklahoma 24, Texas 21. It's going to be ugly. Jalen Hurts is going to have a few turnovers, so we'll say Mellinger. Todd Her- – Todd, and, oh, uh, by the way, boys and girls, odds that Todd – Tom Herman does something really stupid on the field afterward. I'm calling 2 to 1 odds. I'll take that money all day. Oh, by the way, if you're going to bet on this game, take Oklahoma in the points all day. I think the line is 10. Like minus it's minus 10 for Oklahoma. Like run with those points all day. Savannah, who you got for Texas Texas Oklahoma?
2: Um I think Oklahoma is going to be able to pull it out. I think Jalen Hurts is just too good of a quarterback, I think he'll outplay uh, Texas very easily.
1: One problem is is that Texas is one of the few teams in the Big 12 that actually has somewhat resemblance of a defense. Right. It, the big, thing is, the Big 12 is like, you know, a flag football league with pads. So um, <laughs>
0: Oklahoma actually has a higher-ranked defense. Yeah, but they also played, like, a way worse schedule. Yeah, but also, I mean... Did you say Oklahoma's only going to score 24? Yes. LSU hung 45 on that Texas defense and I think Oklahoma has a way better offense.
1: I just think the rival it, it, it's just something about a rivalry game. I I you know what? Fine. You want me to change my pick? It's going to be a three-point game regardless. I'll do 31-28. You happy? Yeah. Oh my god. You are such a pain in my ass. You can you <laughs> could
0: have that it's going to be 75 to 72. Just don't
1: disrespect the Oklahoma offense like that. Ugh, I just there's something about these rivalry games, especially like it just makes teams like play like crap. Maybe I've been watching too much ACC and SEC football. I don't know. I don't watch enough Big Ten. Um, I think you've been watching too much Miami football. Shut up. <laughs> oh, God, I hate you. Um, LSU. So my the second team I root for. Because I was almost, I almost went there, and uh, LSU, Florida, and the team I despise the most in the SEC. Um, I got LSU by twenty. Yeah, twenty. I just they're they're my national title pick, or well they were my sleeper being of the year, but they just keep smacking the daylights out of teams, and they took they took Texas to school, and this is where LSU's road show begins, and honestly, even if Florida looks more dangerous without Felipe Franks and they just kind of just stopped, they kind of just beat Auburn up a little bit last Saturday. I watched the end of that game and my there was a kid with me at this this party I was at and he basically was watching the game and he's like, dude, I am so upset. I'm like, why? He goes, I'm a diehard Auburn fan. I'm like, ouch. And then we turned on the Miami game after they made the 28 point comeback and I had to watch that last play and just sit there and sulk. But Oh god, I just love that LSU offense and their quarterback whose name will owe it Bur- Joe Burrows. I love this kid. I love watching him on film. He's the first quarterback they've had that's actually decent since like Matt Flynn and that's really stretching it for decent quarterbacks. Um Savannah knows knows very no, well who I'm Matt just Flynn. Just about
2: to say, "Hey, listen, you can't talk crap on him. He did pretty good when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone the first time."
1: I know, and he was the worst part, and then then he got smacked around by Russell Wilson and basically never became a starter ever again. Wasn't Jamarcus Russell after Matt Flynn? Mm-mm. Before. Flynn replaced Russell. Oh, really? I thought Flynn was drafted earlier. My bad. And then we have the legend himself, Zach Mettenberger, who was the only other thing that resembled a quarterback at LSU. So, yeah. Um, I got LSU by at least 20. I'm calling uh, 44-24. Run with the over here.
0: I got. I have LSU. That must hurt you to say that. No. I mean, I think Joe Burrow's overrated. I think two is overrated. Ew. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like 23, 25 touchdowns, no interceptions. So overrated.
1: <laughs> against, <laughs> against the most gar- Against Once again, a weak sauce schedule. Okay, you want to go into Clemson's schedule? Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, I I'm not, I would rip apart Clemson, too. They almost lost to North Carolina. You want to go into LSU's schedule? They
0: still play Texas, who's better than any other team on that uh, Alabama schedule. As well as Georgia
1: Southern, Northwest State, Vanderbilt, and Utah State. Utah State's actually pretty good. Like, they have apparently a, a quarterback. Their quarterback apparently is supposed to be a projected, uh, he's supposed to be like that then the small school kid that every year comes out of the Paxton – not Paxton Lynch, God, stop, shut up. Carson Wentz or the Josh Allen kind of type, I guess this is, their new, this is their small school guy this year. And they're like a really good team. I mean, they're, they'd be like a, a, a lower end Big 12 team or like Big 10 team, but still like they're not a bad squad. They're like a really good small school. Yeah, but um, all right, all right. Utah State's quarterback Just doesn't play deep. the pick. I get your point
0: but i still think LSU's defense is better than Florida's even though Florida's front seven is terrifying
1: and those co- and they have one corner that oh god i really hope he falls to the 20s for Philadelphia this kid's nasty i hope uh, he falls to the 30s for the pats no oh, shut up well i hope he falls to 32
0: for the eagles so you said 20s already yeah you heard best, your first guys league. jared doesn't think the
1: eagles are winning the super bowl i just said that to not jinx my boys <sighs> all right Kev, make the damn pick before I mute you. I just said I got LSU. Score or no score? Like 28 to 25. How do you score 25 points? Oh, two-point conversion and a field goal. Got it. All right. (laughs) Savannah, what do you got for uh, LSU Florida? Or a safety.
2: Um, I think it's gonna I think it's an easy one to pick LSU. Aren't they first in almost like everything right now? Like points, yards, passing, third down percentage, stuff like that. And um I think their – I mean their offense is absolutely like unstoppable. So LSU. All right about, perfect. at least ten.
1: I'll take it. Um next up we're switching to the grid we're to the pros now. This game I'm really pissed And Savannah, I retweeted your tweet about this. Uh, move flex. Well, you said that moving the Texans and uh, Chiefs to Sunday night, right? Was your uh, your tweet? Yeah. Yeah, because I am totally in favor of that because I want to watch Mahomes versus Watson.
2: Yeah, I think it would. I literally think it's going to be an amazing game.
1: Do you guys want to hear something crazy? I got the Texans because, and it maybe it's not recency bias. It's because of what I'm seeing on film that scares the daylights out of me for the Chiefs. It's that their defense basically. Makes Green Bay's run defense look like the '85 Bears. Don't take that person Savannah, but I watched Jordan Howard run through you guys like Swiss cheese. It, the other thing that scares the daylights out of me is they have one playmaker on that entire defense, and he plays strong safety. That's it. There's nothing like if I if it's like if I send the the Colts the um the what's it called oh, Texans out there, their biggest functional problem is their offensive line. But the only issue they have in their, the Chiefs' entire defense is Frank Clark. Who's he going to go up against the entire, the entire game? The one good offensive lineman that the Texans have, Laramie Tunsell. It's going to be the two of them duking it at all game. You're telling me I get Deshaun Watson. I think Kenny Stills will be back this week. I'm not sure about that. get clarification. But you get Hopkins, Fuller, who's came off a career-best game, and Watson's staying upright. Oh, I'm taking the Texans. 42-35. Mahomes, no, 42-38. Mahomes is going to drive down the field and throw a pick on the last play of the game.
0: I don't know if it's even going to get to that point. I think ankle injuries are those nagging injuries that you can be healthy on the depth chart, but then when you try to run, your ankle
1: is going to be bothering you. Kev, I had a a gray tooth sprain that lasted me two months. Uh, You don't have to tell me twice. So, I... I also have the Chiefs.
0: Not the Chiefs. It's Texans, sorry. It's a long work day. I also have the Texans because I think JJ Watt is gonna have a field day. The Chiefs offensive line isn't that great. Mahomes is hobbled. They don't have a run
1: game. Yeah, I, I, I completely think that not going out uh not going after an actual running back and trying to just patchwork it up with uh Lashawn well, McCoy and um, Damian Williams just doesn't
0: work. And then Deshaun Watson against that defense is going to be terrifying
1: to watch. You know what the, is the scariest thing to me is like everyone about three weeks ago, including me, was talking about how oh, the Chiefs are going to steamroll everybody and they're going to walk into New England. It's going to be an epic game again. Now I'm not even sure that they're going to get out of the first round of the playoffs. And that terrifies that. Like as a chiefs fan, I should be like, be like, what happened? And it's the same issue that we talked about earlier in the season, that defense, if it, if it it is as bad as it can be, it'll be the death of that team. But if they can overcome it, it's basically the chiefs need to go out and make a ton of moves at the deadline, or at least like get at least one or two guys on that defense because they're sitting there treading water on defense until Mahomes gets healthy or maybe even go out and get a running back. See if somebody's, like, disgruntled enough not getting carries. Like, they should have made a move for Duke Johnson because at least they could have gotten something, somebody who can eat up yards. Like, I'm, I'm – or at least try to make a trade for Carlos Hyde. Wait, didn't they trade Carlos Hyde? Sounds right. Yeah, they traded Carlos Hyde to the Texans. Why? He could have been rushing – he could have at least made your defense – your offense semi-viable. I, I can't. Savannah, what do you think of the game?
2: Um, I have the Texans. I think that Patrick Mahomes is like brilliant outside of the pocket, but like with his ankle injury and stuff like that, I think it's going to be easy for the Texans defense to keep him inside the pocket. And Deshaun Watson, like if you're looking at their stats, like Deshaun and um, Patrick, he has a hi- Deshaun Watson has a higher completion percentage. They have the same amount of touchdowns. He has a higher passer rating so far this season. Like I just think that. It's going to be not an easy win because I still think Matt Patrick Mahomes is great, but I think Deshaun Watson's going to be able to run over that defense. Like, I don't even care who they have. Like, he's going to be able to make some great throws and make that defense look sad.
1: <laughs> the one reason I keep the Texans tight in this game is the one part of the Texans defense that is terrible. Is that secondary? Yeah. So, but.
2: But if they can keep Mahomes in the pocket, I don't think he's going to be able to make all those brilliant throws that he can make. And Travis Kelsey had tons of drops last week.
1: Also, so like, um, if he's
2: going to do that again, then...
1: Your favorite team, the Detroit Lions and the uh, Indianapolis Colts, show the NFL how to make Mahomes' offense slow down. Basically, do what they did to Tony Gonzalez towards the end of his career. Just bracket right. the living daylights out of him. I think every time he got to the line of scrimmage, he just got bumped and beat up. and You know, you got five yards to slow the guy down. Might as well do it. Um, Next up on the list, we have got... 49ers at Rams. Now, I was on Jack's show last night. You guys know. Jack, you guys are all friends of Jack, the O Show podcast. Me and him were talking for this game. And I said to him, Jack, I don't think the 40, the, the Rams are going to make the playoffs. And he, like, double-taked and looked at me. I'm like, let me finish. The Rams I have an offense that's very beholden to having a bell cow running back, Todd Gurley. Ty Gurley is not 100% in the game. Disgruntled by the lack of carries he's getting. Two- um yes, they're coming off two straight losses, but both losses, the teams basically show the NFL how to beat the Rams. It's basically once you get past 15 yards to leave and Marcus Peters become mentally brain dead in coverage. It's, it's awful. I swear to God they lose guys. the only the only like reasonable person they have in that secondary is John Johnson and he's one player. I don't know what happened to Marcus Peters. It's like the second he left KC, his his man cover skills, he, like, tries too hard to be Asante Samuel, I think, and gets burnt too much. And basically, I look at everything the Rams are as a team. They are old. They're slow on defense. And and you're going to tell me one of the most dangerous offenses in the league. I guess they did beat up on the Browns. But it looked like a high school game out there. It wasn't even fair. So I think it's going to be close. I still still think it's going to be like a, cause another heartbreak game. But I'm going 49ers, 35, Rams, 27.
0: I'm going to go Niners. Niners, 21, Rams, 13. Ooh. I am still all in on my Jared Goff as an ex-Mark Sanchez pick. I think until they figure out that they have Todd Gurley on the team, on their team, I think Sean McVay forgot. Then Rams aren't going to win much. The 49ers' defense is fin- not phenomenal, but solid this year. And I think their offense is good enough that they can win with that defense.
2: Uh I don't know. I feel like this is so hard, but like, I want to pick the Rams so bad because I feel like, is how still having issues with his knee? Be- I it's mean, it's not I'm even
1: not- the issues with the knee. It's the matter of fact that they keep cutting his carries in half. Yeah. And, they, and they're not even playing the running back that they drafted in the third round. It's just between him and uh, Brown. So I'm trying to understand what their offense is doing. And half of it's just like weird misdirection. So at the end of the day, I'm trying to understand like, what is McVeigh thinking? And everyone's like, oh, McVeigh's a genius. And I'm like, he basically went brain dead during the Super Bowl, and I'm more afraid of Kyle Shanahan right now than I am McVay.
2: Yeah, I think J- Jimmy Garoppolo is looking really good, which honestly shocked me. I didn't think that he was going to come back and be the quarterback that everyone expected, but he is. So, and the 49ers defense is looking really good. Uh, if they watch the film from the last few weeks, they're going to realize how they can stop the Rams. So, I want to I wanna pick the Rams, but I'm going to go with the 49ers.
1: All righty. Um... Next up, we've got uh, Jags and Saints. Minshew Mania takes on Teddy Touchdowns. Uh, the battle of the backups in Duval. See, I wasn't going to even touch this game with a 10-foot pole until me and Kevin in the pre-show meeting were looking. We're like, it's in Duval. I- I'm up for this. Let's go. And, like, I think, what was it, like, Savannah, check if me if I'm wrong here. I think last, three of the last four um, – uh three of the last four um what's it called? Ah Saints games have been at the Superdome.
2: Like three of the last four games that they played have been at home.
1: Yeah, I think I think they're all at home. Let me check the schedule right now because I swear to god in my head I'm thinking that like the Saints schedule that's what the, it's been. Um Yeah, week. Let's oh, go week. Last week they were at home against the Bucks. Yeah,
2: week and then they're four, home against- Cowboys away against
1: the Seahawks, away against the Rams. Yeah, okay. So, basically, they're, since Breeze has been out for the last three weeks, the 3-0, two of them have been at home. And I guarantee that Cowboys game would completely flip on score if they played in Arlington. Yeah. Here's the other thing I love about the, the uh, Jaguars. They play within their means. They have a top ten running – they have, a, in my opinion, a top five running back, a top ten running back in Leonard Fournette. And they finally figured out after three damn years how to use him. Fournette is not a feature back. He's not a guy you you know, you you gadget around, you throw him all these you put him in the backfield for 40 snaps a game, you hand him the damn ball for 25 of them, and you get out of his damn way. The boy runs a four four six at two hundred and forty pounds. Just, wow. just just get out of his way. And also I love Leonard Fournette's one of my favorite players. Honestly, when there was a rumor he's going to the Eagles, I almost cried, I was so excited. But well, he's he listen, He's the running back on two of my fantasy teams and my Madden franchise. I love this guy. So basically, I am looking right now at this roster. At this roster, DJ Chark is the breakout star of the wide receiver core this year. Like he's like this like new and coming receiving receiver nobody's seen. Yeah,
2: he's like fifth in receiving yards right now. Yeah, fifth,
1: he's right fifth. I think it's like three forty seven he has or something like that. That's, I'm really going random numbers here. But Because he had a monster game last week, and I should have started him, but I didn't. Like an idiot. Um, Minshew, as much as he doesn't have Foles's arm strength and decision-making, that boy knows how to m- navigate the pocket. And besides Marshawn Lattimore, that secondary is eh at best. That defense is, flies around. They play well. But this isn't the Cowboys. They're not beholden to Fournette. They'd rather sling the ball with um Minshew anyway. Look what happened against the Titans. Basically, you beat the Titans secondary. Um, Frenette couldn't really get the ball going until the fourth quarter. So, I look at this game. I am going to take the Jaguars in an upset. 24-20. Saints are driving down the field, and Teddy touchdown throws a nice little pickeroo to uh, A.J. Boye.
2: I mean, I I know it's in Jacksonville, but I have to go with the Saints. I mean... The Saints are just, like, like doing, like, phenomenal right now. Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are on pace to be, like, the third pair of teammates in NFL history to account for 30% of their team scrimmage yards. I like, saw that like,
1: stat yesterday. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But
2: yeah, I mean, no.
1: Bridgewater uses them so much. I think that's what's so crazy to me. He, it's not like Breeze, where Breeze distributes the ball. Like, he would throw the ball to Smith all the time and Cook. Basically, it's – Bridgewater goes through progression in his head. All right, Mike Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Okay, there's Jared Cook. It, like he has like a list in his head he goes through on every play. It's hilarious. I was actually, you know, I'm going to check something interesting right now, but uh keep going on your pick. I want to see so you you got the Saints
2: Yeah, I do have the Saints. I mean, I think they're going to, I think they're just going to outplay Jacksonville. Like, I think it's going to be the Saints offense against Jacksonville's defense, because I know that the Saints defense and their secondary is a little bit iffy, but I still think that they're going to be able to stop Minshew. I don't think that he's going to be able to have this, um, this great game. I mean, like, That he has. So, I mean, and he kind of – and the Panthers aren't really, like, that great of a team. And I feel like they kind of looked pretty bad last week. So, I I think think the Saints are probably going to be able to do the same thing to them that Carolina did.
1: The Panthers, to me, are in that group. I can't figure out the hell they are. Because the second they got – well, I think – well, one, I definitely think they should – Cam Newton should be dealt at the deadline. I think they should just – I think they should be like, hey, listen. Hey, Cam, uh, it's been great. We're going to move you. Kyle Allen's our quarterback. And if he fails, we got Will Greer. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's not happening. i right. say that right now. There's nine teams in the NFC I'd take ahead of them, minimum. But then you go into – but I, I think they're a good team. I think their defense is very well. Their receiving court, and, of course, you know, if Christian McCaffrey bought my, is making a case to be the, a top three running back. So at the end of the day, though, I just – it's just at home. It's going to be 86 and humid it's not going to be like the air-conditioned dome. It's going to be nasty out there. It's going to be gross. And Jacksonville just is, ugh, at this time of year. Basically, I got the Jags. I'm sticking with it. And is Kevin returned? Yes. Okay, buddy. Rock and roll. We so, got for Jags
0: Saints. Gardner Minshew has thrown two touchdowns in every game he's played in so far this year, except the game against the Texans. Leonard Fournette. Is a top 10 running back, the least top five, depending on the week. They're at home in Duval, and the Saints are going to win.
2: Yes, let's go.
0: I know CenturyLink isn't as formidable as it used to be. It's before it was like, man, we're not going to win in Seattle. Now it's like, I mean, I don't want to play in Seattle, but I can.
1: All right. Yeah, I'm but, pulling Rich. I'm pulling a Rich Eisen and then going Lone Wolf here. Oh! At least never make that noise again. Shut up.
0: <laughs> and but the Saints won reasonably convincingly against Seattle. Like not blew them out, but six point win on the road. I think that Teddy Bridgewater will do fine. I think Alvin Kamara is gonna have a good game. I I can't pick against the Saints right now.
2: They're too hot right now. They've just been look. They literally have hardly done anything wrong, especially in offense last week.
1: You gotta weeks. ride the hot hand.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
1: that hot hand only goes so far, and I think this is the road. I think this. And is, you ride it until it's cooled off. Well, That's I
2: think cool. I'm gonna ride it this week against the Jags, and hopefully next week against the Bears.
1: <laughs> oh God, there, there's uh, there, there's the uh, there's the uh, NFC North uh, love you have for that team. All right. <laughs> Final game, and this is the one I know, Savannah, you're looking forward to. Uh, Night football, Packers Saints. I am – I mean, Packers Saints. Packers, Lions. I believe it's in Lambeau? Yes. Okay. Kevin, I'm going to let you take lead. I'm going last here.
0: Last week against the Cowboys, the Packers proved that they can play dirty. They can run the ball. They don't need Aaron. Like, obviously, Aaron Rodgers helps. I'm not saying that. But they don't need Aaron Rodgers week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Their defense is solid. But I'm not convinced they can play as dirty as the Detroit Lions. I think Detroit can get down and dirty in the trenches, dirtier than the Packers get in their worst nightmares. I have the Lions in a close
1: one. I'm going go to go 13-10. to Okay. Savannah, uh, feel, free to, feel free to lock and load and unload the belt of ammunition you have with the Packers.
2: Um, Okay, first of all, no team has beaten one. Like, the Packers have beaten the Lions more times in the NFL than any other team has beat any other team. But I know we're, like, 0-4 against them the last two years. Um, Two times was without Aaron Rodgers and one time because Mason Crosby just forgot how to kick. He still doesn't know how to kick. Yes, he does. What do you mean? He's great. I can't. I can't say that he's not.
0: <laughs> hey, he knows how to kick, just not well.
2: Okay, I'll go with that one. He's the Cowboys kicker. <laughs> oh yes, you're correct. But um, so the Lions only have three hundred and. 81 rush yards like this whole season so far and um, Aaron Jones by himself has 302 so even though the Packers have like not a very good rush defense I still think that we're going to be able to hold them and the I mean the Lions tied with the Cardinals so like I can't use that as an excuse but I think that Aaron Rodgers is just going to have another one of those games like so far this season where he just looks phenomenal. He he throws three touchdown passes and he just has 400 passing yards. I just don't think the Lions are going to be able to hold up with the Packers this week. Our defense is too strong and when Aaron Rodgers gets going like there's no stopping him.
1: All right. And Can last I make a count, quick please. point real, real quick, quick, sorry. Yep.
0: You you mentioned Detroit's ground game?
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: They have more rushing yards than the Packers do a game. Ew. So, like, yes, the Packers have Aaron Jones, but that's it.
2: That's true. Jamal Williams still has a concussion, so I don't think— So, like— You're welcome!
0: It's like, oh, like, the Lions can't run the ball. Well, they're better than the Packers at it. (laughs) Oof. All
1: right. (sighs) right, Time to crack—time to crack it open. Okay, here we go. The Detroit Lions, um— when everyone brings up stats for oh the pa- oh, total wins over a decade, total wins over a total series of games, the only time that's relevant is when it's like the Jets versus the Eagles, where it's like the Jets are now zero and eleven against Philadelphia in the in the entire length of their franchises, or like something like that, when like it's like the record is ridiculous. But also to other that point, it's a new year. This isn't your dad's Lions. This isn't even my Lions from my childhood. These Lions don't like to throw the ball downfield that much. They like to play short. They like to mimic the Patriots. They like to run the football. Matt Patricia, the dirty frat boy, loves to get ugly during games. And I swear it's if I didn't have to watch it firsthand against my Eagles, I wouldn't believe it. Basically, Oh my god, it was like it was like I, I couldn't their offense doesn't make the same dumb mistakes. That, the, that you're used to with the Lions. It's actually semi-efficient. They move the football. And the reason they lost to the Cardinals was it was week one. Okay? Nobody's got tape on anybody, especially Kent, especially Kif, Cliff Kingsbury's offense, which basically nobody had seen yet. And I I, I kind of just throw week one out the window. I just don't pay attention. My Eagles were down 17 nothing to the, the Redskins. Like, let's be honest here. It's... In in Savannah, your boys only scored 10 points against the Bears defense, which the Raiders lit up for, um, what, for 30? I'm correct, 24? Week one, you
2: you can't.
1: Exactly. You're proving my point. You cannot take week one into account during the whole season unless it's so ugly. Kev, your Patriots get smoked the year after they win the Super Bowl almost every other year in week one if they're playing a good team. And everyone freaks out for 30 seconds, and they're like, oh, my God, I was wrong when the Patriots start going on a run and then go to the playoffs and the title game again. So Scott Zolak puts it America's worst nightmare is back. (laughs) Uh, Basically the Detroit lions play ugly. Like Kes said, they run the football. Great carry on Johnson and CJ, the the big fellow CJ Anderson. It's a great combo. They have one of the best receiving cores that nobody talks about. And this TJ Hawkinson, we backed this week. They severely missed him last week. And, I got the lions by, by like a touchdown. It's going to be like, it's going to be the, it's going to be, once again, it's going to be their defense, making it ugly. And Aaron Rodgers is going to have to make something happen, but the lions aren't going to do what they usually did under Jim Caldwell. And they're not going to bite, you know, they're going to be like, all right, Aaron, you want to throw a deeper drop in four safeties back. And we're going to bracket your other guys in the line of scrimmage. It's, it's not going to be, you know, the Richard Rodgers Hail Mary touchdown lions. It's, it's, it's this is a different roster. It's not the Lions team. Like I had to try to convince our boss Mike Brown for an hour that the Lions are not the Lions anymore. They're actually a decent team, and the, everyone looked at me like so confused when I picked them for the division. And this is just proving my point. It's gonna be. It's gonna. They're they are what we thought the Ravens were gonna be, except maybe a little more talented quarterback for now at least. So that's my pick. I have the uh, I have the Detroit Lions 27 and the Packers 20.
2: I mean, I don't think that they're a bad team. I definitely think that they're a good team. Like, it's just like I just can't do it. Like, just how we are with like the Lions in general. It's not like Matt Stafford has like just blown up this season and been this great quarterback. And like the Lions are literally ranked 30th in pass defense. Aaron Jones has Aaron Jones has seven more touchdowns than the whole Lions roster combined. So- Four of those
1: were against the Cowboys, though. Let's 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 pump the let's pump the reverse in that one a little bit. Okay, but, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I, know, I Listen, I know, I know. I, I get what you're saying, but it's also like this te- – if you – I watch them play against the Eagles. It's not even Matthew Stafford who's beating – who's winning them games. It's their defense. It's their pass rush. It's their running game, and it's their lack of mistakes. That's what's winning them games. It's not even Stafford. Stafford's just oh, – not game managing, but he's doing that one-not – he's in that Dak Prescott stage where he doesn't manage games – but he makes the plays when he needs to make them. It's almost like he's dropped out of six gear trying to make everything happen by himself to like four where he can kind of like let the team do it for him. And when they need him he cracks up to six quickly and tries to make a play. Cuz he's staffer. he's a very talented quarterback. So that's that's what the difference is with this Lions team, which is something I've never I've never thought I'd see where the rest of the roster can kind of help the quarterback out. But Kev, you got uh you got some plugs for us right now. I do. Jared,
0: Savannah, do you guys like apparel, namely t-shirts and sweatshirts?
1: Yes.
2: Yes.
0: Do you guys also like contributing to a brand that gives back and donates to charity? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, do I have the opportunity for you guys? Right now, if you go to Design Tree, go to bellyupsports.com, hit the link for the store, you will find Breast Cancer Awareness Apparel. It is fire. I already ordered a sweatshirt. I cannot wait for that to come in. But also, aside looking good, 50% of all proceeds will be donated to the Susan G. Komen Foundation. That's pretty good, right? 50%? On top of that, Design Tree is matching whatever donation we make. So if you want to go out there, feel good, and look good, then head over to Design Tree. Buy some belly-up breast cancer awareness gear.
1: There you go. And you have a second plug for your department, Kev. I do. We mentioned the Red River shootout earlier,
0: Oklahoma, Texas. If you head over to our forum, bellyofsports.com, you'll see a tab for the forum. Head over there, get your prediction in for the game before kickoff. And if you're right, we'll give you a free shirt. I don't know why they're doing this. It's a stupid idea. We're losing money, but they decided to do it. So get over to the forum, guess the score right, get a shirt. Also, what, since
1: you're getting a free shirt, why not use some of those savings, buy a breast cancer awareness shirt. Everyone's happy. All right. And I actually have one last plug that Blaine told me to kind of run through. But um, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement. For those of you who don't know, uh, I got promoted this week. Uh, I am now the director of podcast development. A horrible um,
0: decision, really.
1: I guess because I, I, you know, I found Kevin in a dumpster somewhere, and you know, I saw Savannah, saw Savannah, you know, doing work on her podcast. I'm like, you know what, these guys are great. Let me bring these guys in. My buddy Donnie, who's kind of on the O Show and he's got his podcast, The Fresh Cakes. So apparently, according to Mike and Blaine, I have some kind of eye for talent. Can't figure it out. Well, at least with Savannah and Donnie, I do. Kevin, you're a lost cause. But, <laughs> um. So if you ever – if you have interest in be uh, being a podcaster talking sports, if you want to join a show or you have a show, uh, please feel free to reach out to me or Blaine at uh, bellyupsports at or at bellyupjared51 at gmail.com. Let me know. Show me a reel or just say you want to get involved. Great to have you. Kev, let's hear some weird stuff. Oh, we're going to continue the pattern of
0: this week. It's a history week, guys. Okay. Oh, no. 99 years ago today was a very, very, very momentous occasion in sports. Back when Mike Brown was born. Hey, don't you dare disrespect Mike Brown like that and completely ignore his service in the Great War to end (laughs) all wars. But 1920, a lot of World Series history made. The first ever unassisted triple play. Was today, 99 years ago, in the 1920 World Series. Also, the first World Series Grand Slam was today, 99 years ago. But that's not the weird part. Back in 1920, can you guys guess how many games the World Series was? Three.
2: That's what I was going to (laughs) say.
0: It was a nine-game series. Wow. In which the Indians won. They won... They won the World Series five games to two, beating the Brooklyn Robins, who then became the Brooklyn Dodgers, who then became the L.A. Dodgers, who got knocked out the other night because Clayton Kershaw is the least clutch pitcher I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah, there's weird shit in sports for you. Nine-game series, World Series. You saw first World Series Grand Slam, first triple play, or unassisted triple play. Fun time.
1: There you go. All right, ladies and gents, let's uh, kick that smooth jazz. Um, I'm going to try to keep calm in this one because something great I saw over the weekend um, – well, I actually knew. So, you know, uh, Samanis Packers took on the Cowboys in uh, Jerry World, and the Packers won, thank God. Um, but unfortunately – in no, actually not even fortunately. Like, so Ellen DeGeneres – one of my favorite talk show hosts, she's hilarious, I, I love her personality, she's great, she's always fun, like, when she's on, like, if I'm on a guest, if I'm, like, at a repair shop, mechanic shop, or somebody's got her on, I always listen, she's hilarious, and her stuff on YouTube is hilarious, too, but I'm not really much of a talk show guy, but I think she's very funny, um, she was, uh, invited as a guest of Jerry Jones's daughter, her and, uh, her wife, Portia, so, you know they're sitting there next to her and she's on her phone videotaping who, who was around her you know she's got uh, Jerry Jones's daughter then of course her wife and on her right is W uh, our, our former president George W Bush um, and you know what it she, she she meant one of this whole thing she and George had a great time sitting next to each other they were talking having fun it was a great time and she was written for Aaron because I guess Aaron is a good friend of Ellen's uh, and the Packers once she was happy, even though she's sitting in a Cowboys booth. So she brought up how everyone was going nuts. It's like, oh, my God, how could you bring – up? how could you sit next to him, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, you know what? If – and she's met George before. And she said, you know what? If a – I think it was – I think how she worded it was a gay uh, talk show host or a gay uh, – a, a lesbian – Gay talk host, Hollywood liberal. Gay Hollywood liberal talk show host to a conservative president then it was like we can all just get along we could all you know regardless of what your beliefs are we can all be friends we can all be family and my mother was like she saw that she was ecstatic she said she was like you know what like i have liberal friends and conservative friends but i don't care i love people who are people and you know i have friends that are liberal i have friends that are like really conservative i have friends that are anarchists, basically but you know what? At the end of the day, they're still my friends. They're still my family. They're still my coworkers. It doesn't matter. I still enjoy them as people. So that was really cool. I loved seeing that. And Ellen said that this this girl tweeted out that that tweet made her day and there's hope for America. And you know what? There is because if people actually adopt that sentiment, and it doesn't have to be – like, you know, regardless of what you think of Ellen or George Bush and even Kevin we brought before about the, ch- the China and about – uh, Ocasio-Cortez, who basically is as left as left can go, and Ted Cruz is basically almost as right as right can go before it hits some really dark areas um, when it comes to uh, politics. If Cruz and, Orte- and uh, Ocasio-Cortez can get along on something, and Ellen and George Bush can have a great time at a Cowboys game together next to each other, then why can't we all just get along? Why did, has why did it turned into the fact that you know I can't be friends with you because you don't agree with me on something? Like we give Savannah crap about her Packers every day. She seems she keeps coming back to do shows. Um, we Kevin me and me crap pe- about my life. I know See? Kevin and me beat up Kevin and me, me verbally beat up on each other like it's our job and we still are be- we still are cl- best friends. So at the end of the day, it's a, it's a great message. But what pissed me off was I saw on Twitter it's like oh Mark Ruffalo response. I'm like oh god here we go. I'm like I'm like maybe. For once, this guy, you know, I loved him in The Avengers. You know, I'm a big Marvel nerd, and I love him as Bruce Banner. But, for the most part. But basically, he said, until Bush answers for his crimes in the Iraq War, blah, 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 I'm like, oh my god. Why? Why do you have to be such a colossal buzzkill? And the fact is, he's Mark Ruffalo. He's got two million followers. He, he's going to get traction. And I saw all these comments, and I'm just like, all the retweets and shit. I'm just like, why? Why? why can't we just all get along even for a minute we can go back to duking each other out on politics the next day but for one shining moment can we please just all get along there's so many worse things happening in this world than bush and ellen sitting next to each other and when did it become us versus them we're all americans we're all here we're all in this together like why does it have to be an issue and that that's my point and that's my two cents i'm tired of this bs i really am but, um, ladies and gents, this is episode 60, but this is, uh, last episode is episode 60. We're at episode 61. And, um, guys, um, big, big news. Uh, three weeks from now, we have a big show. It'll be the one episode year. Episode 69? Yes. That... <laughs> Actually, Kevin, it might be episode 69, but oh my God. it'll be the one year anniversary of the Corner Booth podcast we're we've officially we're about to hit one year um
2: i i all those six packs
1: oh yeah oh my god the amount of beer i the amount i probably kept an alcohol store a liquor store in business because of this you know (laughs) what the worst part is actually would drink is i used to drink a six pack during the first month of the show me and mark used to just go to town on beer but so i think it's about fitting we should bring back my former co-host uh mr uh mark riley maybe we'll bring our old friend juice back hit up uh some of our old guests that we had on the show I think it'll be a big celebration. Of course, Kevin and Savannah will be here. Maybe we'll bring Jack on for a minute. Um, You know, I'm really grateful we've made it a year. I'm on co-host two and three here, and uh, honestly, it's been a great time having you both here, Kevin. Honestly, we all know how you stepped up when basically Mark went MIA because his schedule went AWOL, and Savannah, we, uh, you know, you came in, you gave us a dynamic, and you finally are somebody who can tell me and Kevin both to shut up when we're being wrong. (laughs) because <laughs> um, Mark you know, would just roll over on his belly but uh, yeah I'm very grateful uh, this is a great experience so far This uh, as we're coming to year one and I'm looking forward to keeping expanding and building this podcast so I'm not going to get rambling and all gushy anymore because Kevin's got a football game to watch Savannah, Savannah probably hasn't even eaten dinner yet since he got home and I haven't eaten dinner yet either so I'm Jared that's Savannah, that's Kev episode 61 in the books we will see you guys on monday bye Bye. thanks for listening to the corner booth podcast be sure to check us out on instagram and on twitter at corner booth pod